What is going on, everybody? It's just Jimmy Leonard here today on another podcast talking about, well, a lot of stuff, gaming, sports, and more um, in this episode here. This is actually going to be the 50th episode. I know <laughs> if you happen to see the catalog of um, podcasts that have been coming out lately, I know they've been like a lot of bonus episodes. Um, that's just because they're just nice little teasers. But this is the 50th episode um for those who have been with me on this journey still i appreciate you guys as always um it's been a nice little roller coaster you know <laughs> you know from the time i started this i want to say probably around the, the end of 2019 and then going into now um and hopefully more podcasts is to come and of course more surprises and more you know material content wise too as well to look forward to as well Hopefully you guys can stick to me longer and be patient with me. And as always, again, I appreciate you guys as always for listening. Having said all that, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of information that was been thrown at all of us throughout this week, um, whether it was nationally known or, well, global. <laughs> but we're going to start with um, gaming. So for gaming, as I stated from last podcast, there was going to be some news potentially from this week that was going to talk about the PlayStation subscription of Spartacus. And it wasn't too long ago then, at least around Monday of going into Tuesday, that they happened to just drop the bomb on us with all this information. And I was like, yo, <laughs> that's pretty massive there. And so they happened to show off basically the pricing of essentially what we would actually have if you happen to get the PlayStation Plus as well as content that you would get distinguishing each in separate ones. So let's begin. Within tiers, um, you happen to have the PlayStation Essential, the PlayStation Extra, and PlayStation Premium. Now, with all this being said, there is, of course, pricing differences. Quite pretty huge in pricing differences here. Um, so let's get begin with that. The price for per month for Essential is about $10, and which, by the way, the PlayStation Essential is nothing more than just the PlayStation Plus that you own right now if you happen to have it. That means that you will still get your free games, monthly games, whatever that may be from PlayStation, discounts on games, as well as potential ways of actually having more cloud storage still. You know, So it's basically your same thing, and of course, play online is the main thing. Um, so you have all that is just basically your basic plus subscription. So that won't change and the price per year is still going to be 60 bucks. Now going into extra, um, extra is nothing more than just the combination of PlayStation plus, or should I say PlayStation essential with PlayStation. Now, of course, as we have been getting up to this point in time of information, we were pretty much getting that speculation that it was basically nothing more than a combination of those two together. Uh, seeing as that the PlayStation Now was kind of struggling on its own um, due to the fact of the kind of the support, you know, of course you were able to get like about over a hundreds amount of games. It just wasn't really marketing as well as it should have. So now they pretty much was coming up with this combination and yeah, that's, that's your ordeal. And so for PlayStation Extra, that price range is going to be about $15 a month and price per year is going to be a hundred dollars. So you're going to be paying about 400, not 400, <laughs> excuse me, misspoke, added a zero behind that. You'll be paying about $40 extra 
hence the title for the PlayStation Plus. So that's where you're gonna get all your extra content from. So that's just nothing more than just the both of those two combined. And as for the last um, tier for PlayStation Plus, that will be the premium. The premium allows you to have all that com combination of the extension extra plus extra stuff, such as you're allowed to actually have time trial games, especially when they first come out. Um, you are provided, which by the way, also for extra, you're actually given about up to 400 games of PS4 and PS5 games. So just to throw that out there. Now going back to premium, you get to 340 additional games from that, from that tier. As well as PS3 games being available via cloud streaming, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. That's pretty nice. Also, it offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games, pretty much offered in, in the extra and premium tiers and markets. So, yep. And like I said before, you can actually have time trial games when the games, whatever game that's brand new is about to come out you actually have that option to have time trials it's kind of crazy because <laughs> you know it's one of those things back in the day when you actually had demos instead of time trial games because of course we're trying to figure out exactly how would that work will you be able to would that time trial game start after it gets downloaded or will it start once you're downloading which it would make sense if it started once you were done downloading <laughs> the game um essentially but um, that's all this is going to be more information as they come down. But the, the, the whole sale for this is going to be coming down towards June, by the way, for all this to start. But that's kind of how that's working. That's what's going to be given to you. Um, so that's a lot to be thrown into as well. And um, also for the price range, of course, the most important thing is that for per month, it's about $18 technically $17.99 premium and for the price year it's about 120 bucks so if you jump from the PlayStation essential to premium it's about a $60 jump just to save you some math if, if that's the case and you're given all that content in there so um, of course as to go keep going further along there's no family plan and um, yeah that's pretty much everything else that I just listed from there. So having said all that, what is my take on all of that? Um, to be completely honest with you, um, just because there's so many games being tossed at you at this day and age right now, and I'm talking just brand new games. Um, for one, I still will have the PlayStation, if anything, PlayStation essential because of the fact that I will be playing online. Um, you can't do anything without playing online. <laughs> Again, I had to learn the hard way years back when I first got the PS4, and I was thinking that this was going to be the PS3, and somehow it missed me where you would actually have to buy the PlayStation Plus card in order to play online. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was just like, what? So I had to actually run to the store to go buy it because I was playing Need for Speed, and you would think something like Need for Speed is like you could play offline, right? If this is still the case, but the thing is, I guess, however the game works is that it allows you to actually have other racers from around the globe, I guess, whoever's playing online <laughs> can allow to actually play the game real time. So in this 
it is quite annoying by the way that there was a time when i was racing and then <laughs> then a car came out of nowhere and hit me <laughs> just totally interfered me with the race i had to restart everything so i don't know what they were thinking with that but my point is is the fact that there are going to be games out here that will still be fine offline and there are some that you won't even notice that even though it will be going to be a single player game you in order for you to even start the game you're going to have to be online so you know i'm still going to probably be stuck with that regardless um just because of how that is now in terms of going from there to extra premium which one um which kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier about the fact that there's so many games going on at a given point in time um you know of course through aging obviously um time's a little bit different for me um <laughs> you know if you get paid to play games that that sounds like heaven right <laughs> um but you kind of have to balance everything that you have in life and for me just because of just so many things going on <laughs> um not right away would i if, if if i had nothing else a lot of stuff going on right I definitely would jump on premium because of the fact that you're giving all these games for PS1, PS2, PS3 games, and of course, again, throwing in the PS4, PS5 games that you can play. And that's a lot of games, right? That's a whole lot of games to play. And that's what I'm saying is the fact that the time spent to pay for $120 a year to pay play all those games, I may not be able to get the most out of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, it may be something I might do extra, but if there was nothing that was going on in life, then I could probably say get premium for sure because you get a lot of games out of that as well. A lot of out of the ordeal. But the one thing that does bother me in that sense is that you give all these other systems, right? PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5, <laughs> and you got the PSP games, which I'm very intrigued to what you're going to do with that. Um, seeing as the fact that if you go way back with the PS3, um, you were able to download PSP games digitally and actually transfer them to your PSP because back then, of course, if you had a PSP Go, you can only download games that were digital, nothing physical at all. So in a sense, you were able to do the same thing. And you could do the same thing with your PSP if you have the one with the disc. Um, but I never... I don't think I ever have came across anything with a game that allowed me to play the PSP game on my game console, right? Because it was just only because those would be only put for those portable game systems. Now, granted, of course, the game, you know, the controller scheme is like you you're given the same D-pad as we were playing with one of the DualShock controllers, and you have your square, triangle, circle, and X, same, same button layout. And then you got your back buttons and you got an analog stick. So roughly you kind of have that built-in controller with the screen. It's kind of like what they did with the DS. Like when you play Super Smash Brothers uh, for Wii U, how they allowed you to use the 3DS as an actual controller, which was kind of unique in its own right. But the controller layout was almost as similar as a pro controller. Maybe if not, eh, I wouldn't say game controller. That might've been for like the new 3DS. Um, but it allowed you to kind of kind of just basically use that same schematics but i'm going to be intrigued by exactly if you're actually able to play psp games on the console that'd be pretty cool though i mean then again nintendo did the same thing when it came to game boy games actually allowing game boy games to be played on your system so i can't see why they couldn't do that <laughs> that'd be amazing um especially if if some of these games didn't already get remakes to be put on game consoles like for instance kingdom hearts 2.5 remix right 
um, they Birth by Sleep was just only strictly a PSP game. Then they actually happened to throw that as a PS3 console game. I was like, oh snap, this, this is pretty sweet. But anyway, I'm going off a tangent. But that's kind of where I'm at. But where I'm getting at is the fact that the PS Vita is out, right? It's somehow the PS Vita isn't getting much love these days. Considering the fact that right now that is PlayStation's current handheld system um, that they haven't really done much with in a while. Um, you're still able to play games on your PS Vita and there's a lot of games on the PlayStation Network that still allows you to do remote play. Um, that and if you're able to actually remote play with your computer or a tablet for that matter, it's quite interesting that you can connect like that just by simply using one of the apps. I tried it out with my laptop and it, it works pretty well. Um, but for the PS Vita, seeing as that you, it was very hard for you to do P, like remote play at the time because I tried it and I tried playing some games off my PS3 and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. But um, but there's still a lot of games up there, especially exclusive games. Like there's an Uncharted, I think it was the Golden Abyss. That was only exclusive to the PS Vita. And, you know, you got Uncharted 1, 2, and 3. Heck, you at this point, you already have the collection. And you have Uncharted 4 and then you have Lost Legacy. I mean, it's, there's all of Uncharted games up there. And then you have Uncharted Golden Abyss that's only stuck on the PS Vita. So to me, I do not understand why they took that one out. Um, because there are games up there that are only just stuck on the PS Vita. So that, that, that may change over time. I have no idea. But as of right now, that is not in the selection. So I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that's asking that same question. If you've been following PlayStation for a very long time, that's just one thing that was kind of odd that they just left out, <laughs> essentially. Um, so yeah, that's that's interesting. But overall, um, going in here, that's kind of where I'm seeing it with that. I mean, I could say I would buy the premium, um, especially for the price of about paying sixty dollars more for that. Um, I kind of have to see and, and and I might sway my decision even even still with say a busy schedule and um, seeing is that it's 120 bucks and you're given all of those games like that it's quite interesting and quite possible that anything can happen here with these games I don't know uh, but that's still great even though I do have just about every single system that's here and a great amount of games I can play on those systems um, of course, there's certain games that I don't own that I can play just off of that. And that's great. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that might be a here and there type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, I may sway my decision, but, you know, those are kind of how that works in that ordeal. Um, now, of course, comparing this with Xbox Game Pass, um, seeing as that this is Xbox's way of kind of, um, you know, this is kind of their bread and butter. Um, if anything that, you know, especially since they've been, those two have been competing for years, this is Xbox's strong suit right now as a subscription because Sony, again, this, this is Sony's subscription here is PlayStation Plus. And of course, when it first came out, it wasn't really hidden until it was kind of forced on people. <laughs> I mean, they can lie in their face saying that it wasn't forcing people, but I know it was forced on people because not everybody wanted to get them. And now I was just one of them who just didn't until eventually PS4. Oh, you want to play online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to pay for that. I'm like, oh, man. 
not the two. <laughs> so, yeah, online isn't free anymore for these game systems. <laughs> um, not even for the Nintendo Switch. So, <laughs> the only systems that you can play free on any of them is the PS3, the Wii U, and the Wii. Essentially, you can still play online on those systems, but the Switch, nope. <laughs> PS4, nope, and of course not the PS5 either. Can't play with none of them. <laughs> Excuse me. But with the Xbox Game Pass, I mean, you're given just to give a small rundown. You have the Xbox Game Pass for console, you got the PC Game Pass, and the Game Pass Ultimate. And for price per month for the console and PC is about $10, and for the Ultimate is about $15. There's no price per year, but you're given pretty much access to Xbox Live Gold. XCloud, free games, and all Ultimate, by the way, for the Ultimate Pass, which is the 15 bucks, and uh, EA Play. Um, you have access to Xbox games, or just pretty much all three of the older console games, such as Xbox, Xbox 360 games, and Xbox One. And then there is selected game trials as well, and there's discounts and save cloud. But the one thing that people may say, I give Xbox this, is that ordeal the fact that you can also play on pc considering the fact that for playstation right now struggling trying to get people to get the newer games such as a ps5 you know again i'm still blessed to have a ps5 you know what i'm saying and it's unfortunate that right now that i just never thought to this day that we'd be struggling it's almost about to be about two years since the system's been out and it's been a struggle trying to find ps5s let alone try to pay more for the ps5 than its original pricing just because of what's going on but the one thing that's kind of sort of hurting them right now is the fact that like with xbox you do have pc access to it so since you don't have say the console itself you can still play these games that would have been just on those consoles on your pc just like that and um, on top of that which i'm gonna say a point from that once i mention this is the fact that xbox has their games whatever day one games they come out for the system whether it's exclusive to them or not um they are have the, they have those available to you right then and there from the xbox game pass right so if you're paying that much instead of you buying the game separately it goes right into your pass playstation doesn't do that now this is where i go with playstation and this is a totally an unbiased opinion <laughs> you know i'm still rocking with playstation <laughs> but this is totally an unbiased opinion but when they mentioned about it, because of course, you know, everybody was asking what they're going to do about these, you know, newer titles, right? Are they going to have the newer games come out on this subscription? And they just straight up said no. Um, and then the whole ordeal from it was basically saying that, you know, they, they take pride in a lot of their games, especially first party games, and as their selling point, and they prefer, they prefer quality basically over quantity essentially and i'm right there with them um really the issue for them is the subscription and yes i get it if that was the problem for them that they could do a move like this that they can allow games to come out on their um subscription to be playable they could do that but it, it's almost to the point that they're also gonna be hurting those games that been their biggest selling point their first 40 games is what they've been really known for and they've been solid for that since the ps3 days and so um you know they've been working on that and it's just one of those things that you know don't fix what's not broken <laughs> 
those that's just been working for them and to lose the side of quality of those games it just will defeat the purpose of what playstation's mindset is with that i mean the whole thing about them anyway is legacy at that point in a sense but um because of course they want to allow people to play games on you know since again it's a struggle trying to find ps5 ps5 systems you know you can still play these the games on the ps4 right and honestly the extension of that has been a little bit longer than it has been in the past because again it's very hard to find these systems <laughs> um but i'm right there with them on the fact of quality that that should be the biggest point about it because the last thing you want is especially a game like say god of war ragnarok that people have been waiting for and you ended up rushing the game because you're trying to meet demands of this description and that's not gonna be good for anybody no not a single soul so their heads in the right place for that part you know the last thing i want them to do is rush on games just because they're trying to do that you know work with what they got right now xbox is still trying to catch up with that clearly as they've been buying <laughs> as they've been buying companies left and right here um but this is that's sony's strong point right now but as for what they're gonna do with this um again they're gonna give us they said they're gonna give us more information i guess as it leads towards june if not in june um so it's gonna be very interesting for that um it's just like i said before i mean i'm definitely gonna still have my playstation plus um but in terms of going a step further either paying 60 dollars for the premium more or paying 40 dollars more for the extra i would say again if you have that free time if you have that luxury of not having to worry about paying for stuff as much right now <laughs> and whatnot i would say go for the premium if you can right extra you can go with that as well because again that's nothing more than just having them both combined together but see if you can try to get the premium because again you're given all these games here. now of course we don't know exactly what games are going to be given here that's going to be the biggest key point of all this too and i mean playstation please throughout the years you have such a huge library of games that pff, you can't probably go wrong with a lot of these games now of course <laughs> we won't have the same issue that we had with the little playstation mini where they had like 20 games and some of the games people never really asked for i mean sure you got tekken 3 which i was like yeah and then all these games were in pal format too as well which i was looking like bruh <laughs> what so luckily enough hopefully enough <laughs> we don't have that same issue because that was a huge bus i mean literally i was excited for it. a lot of us were excited for it but the fact that we were only given 20 games and the games that was up here just was like some were like what <laughs> like why <laughs> so hopefully we won't have that problem but i'm curious as to what they're gonna do for PlayStation 1, 2, and the PSP format of the, um, and, you know, PSP. I'm still curious about the PSP, though. I'm very, I am very curious about how that's going to work. And even for the PS Vita, if they're going to throw that in the mix as well. I'm not sure on that. Because um, PS Vita just has this amount of games, too. And the PSP has such a huge library, too, as well. I mean, it's such an older series of a game system, too. Considering the fact that it was its first handheld system, too. So, that's the very interesting part about it and you know let's throw in nintendo online just to combine you know comparison and contrast i mean obviously nintendo's in its own lane still um but in terms of subscription you know 
you're still paying about for the Nintendo Online, because of course, for those who've been underneath the rock lately, um, they have two different types of Switch Online versions. They have the Nintendo Switch Online, and they have the Nintendo Switch Online with the expansion pack that came out recently. And for per month for Nintendo Online, or just, just for sake of words saying, Switch Online, um, it's about $4 a month. Um, and then for per year, it's about $20. Now, of course, if you get the expansion pack, it's about 50 bucks a year. And uh, of course, you have family plans and whatnot, which um, is kind of funny that neither PlayStation or Xbox have family plans. They said, ah, oh, screw the family plan. <laughs> Nintendo Switch, like, oh, yeah, 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 you know? You know, <laughs> let's just bring everybody together. So the annual plan for the Switch Online is about $40 for the family plan and $70 for the expansion pack. So um, so far as for their additional pack perks, excuse me, um, is that they have DLC access, especially like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Kind of is one of my little senses of maybe of getting that. I mean, I wanted to get it in the beginning, but there's been too many subscriptions out here lately, people. Ladies and gentlemen, there's too many. <laughs> and y'all know what I'm talking about with these subscriptions. It's 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 insane. But um, but you have access to that and also access to the DLC for Animal Crossing as well. Of course, with them as well, they're allowed to play a bunch of NES games and Super NES games. Um, on the switch online and then you guys to play not only those two but the n64 and sega genesis games on the expansion pack you're giving game trials you got discounts and you got cloud saves obviously um so it's pretty nice it's pretty nice it's pretty nice so yeah you know it's kind of it's kind of funny how long these systems have been going on like longevity wise you know what i'm saying competing against one another i just feel like nintendo though it's just kind of almost in its own lane i think the real competition is between playstation and xbox nintendo online nintendo game systems is kind of one of those cousins that you don't get mad at or whatever and then you got the competition i don't know it's like or maybe like the third sibling that you don't have a problem with but you got these two siblings going back and forth with each other i don't know it's, it's something about the playstation and xbox thing it's just nintendo to mix them in there it's kind of like they're on their own lane because to be honest with you, between the two, Nintendo has the bigger library of first-party games. I mean, you're talking Mario, Donkey Kong, Pokemon, Fire Emblem. Um, I, I was going to throw an F-Zero, but let me not. <laughs> they still need to revive that game. That game is very fun, especially uh, playing GX on the GameCube. Speed. <laughs> I am speed. That's defining that game because it's very fast but um what um animal crossing <laughs> just just to name them you know what i'm saying um there's just so many third party i mean excuse me first party games that they have up there you know what i'm saying so it's very interesting to say the least but we're gonna keep this train going with gaming oh yes there's been a lot of news that's been dropping here um, for E3, um, this was just announced recently that E3 is being canceled for this year. And what does that mean? Also including the digital event. Um, yeah, just like that. It is kind of strange. They could have done a digital event. They, I haven't heard any words as to what was their real decision on that making. Um, but, it, you know, in terms of the physical part, I, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to still keep it for safety precautions because we're still kind of 
getting out of the pandemic a little bit. I know a lot of people have been going to concerts and uh, parties and whatnot and stuff around the beach. Um, I don't know. I mean, considering the fact that E3 has always been in June and this is pretty much about April, by the way. Um, and this, this, this is happening now. I mean, I don't know about the other companies per se, because I don't know if they were prepared to maybe put some stuff out there for E3. Cause we were kind of just weird out exactly what his location was going to be. I mean, they said that they were going to be prepared for next year, but not this year though. Um, which is very interesting. I mean, throughout the history of E3 as a, as a place or a thing that I always want to go to at some point, of course, it's always been on the West Coast. I've been on the East Coast. Um, it's always been a West Coast thing. Um, you know, they always will have presentations from s certain companies, like a Sony at the time when it was part of E3, Xbox, Nintendo, um, Square Enix. You know, there's been a lot of companies that will come out there and, you know, talk about their more or less their news about e3 to e3 to the people out in e3 and then also the biggest thing is coming out there and showcasing their games for a lot of people to play on their floor shelves period um yeah and, and i know it's a weird time for them um i just always been used to watching them on like say on my computer or on my mobile device because again, I haven't been never been there physically. So it just, it felt like if they did the digital event, it wouldn't have made a difference for me. But it's almost to a point now, due to their certain absences of the time of being out there recently, it's almost to the point that I don't know if the companies do need E3. And I know it's hard to probably hear that and say that, but because we've been used to Sony right now, been doing state of plays, right nintendo having a nintendo direct i mean let's be real nintendo when they were there at e3 they're literally doing a nintendo direct the only thing is that when they have the nintendo treehouse they're actually having people out there whether it's the directors or the producers working on the game actually sit there with the um the co-host of the treehouse to talk to them about how the game has been developed it's just one of those things you sit there and i'm like meh <laughs> You're sitting out there and you're playing these um, these games and you're showcasing that. I, I just don't know exactly what they're going to try to do with that. I mean, you have Xbox also having their own press conferences as well. Um, and that was about it. So it's just weird that they canceled it like that. Because um, I think last year Xbox had pretty much was one of the places that you were actually able to show a lot of these systems or see what they were doing and seeing the games that was coming out and whatnot. And of course you throw in Square Enix in the mix as well. So it's kind of like a weird situation right now. And for Square Enix, could they have their own type of direct too? Um, sometimes they might lump a lot of those games if it's not being shared on Xbox. A lot of times they lump them to the Sony side of it. But that's just my point though. They've been used to having these um, these directs in the state of plays things like that and it's like do they really need e3 like that because to me honest with you they have the game systems honestly i guess to me it's like without those companies there's no e3 right that's just me right because e3 is just basically a place for you to actually showcase your event showcase what you have 
And if these companies can do that without doing that, I don't know. That that might just be it. And on top of that, playing the games, of course, you won't have that direct feedback from your fans and people that comes out there. Of course, you will you will miss that type of interaction. But you also have these game systems here. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but you have the game systems like a PlayStation where you can literally showcase something on state of play and allow you to actually go ahead and pretty much just say, hey, you want to play these games? Bam. <laughs> you can try them out yourself, right? Nintendo has done that numerous of times when it comes to the, um, like, I think it was a Kirby Adventureland, I believe it was. Um, just the recent game that just came out. They already had a demo. They told you, bam, there's going to be a demo right here. You can try it out, right? Like, you don't have to wait for E3 to try it out. They can actually have it out there for you to test out. And I'm pretty sure they got some algorithm in there that allows you to say, hey, we get all this data here and people either play it, they like it. And plus, you got social media. <laughs> I mean, if you want feedback, you got social media, you got blogs, people for days, especially if they got nothing better to do, will actually type up what they feel about some of these games. So, you know, that's just how right now, how the world's working right now. And they really could not, they don't, they don't really need it. If I was running the company like that, I mean, I don't think I would need it. I mean, you could probably see how Sony hasn't been arriving to E3 that numerous of times, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, well, I think what that last time to my recollection was, I want to say 2018, because I don't know if they were there 2019, but they haven't been there recently <laughs> they've they just been doing state of play and that's it they've just been hey let me do it my way basically and that's kind of what they've been doing um i will hate to see e3 stop permanently um it is a big staple into the gaming community and just the electronic community itself after all it's the electronic entertainment expo <laughs> it's called e3 for a reason right um um it's just it just feels like a, such a weird void that we're in with that with that said um, company, um, and just with everything that's going on. Of course, you got Evo, who they're still managed to do stuff out there. So if you have any fighting games that you're looking forward to, any DLC and stuff like that with fighting games, a lot of times they showcase a lot of that information on Evo anyway. But you know, there's also a chance that they can probably show it on E3 as well. So because usually, I mean, it's kind of funny they're both like two months apart from each other. So that can happen as well. Now, of course, this may not stop people and stop these companies for showcasing their stuff probably around June, right? Because like I said before, Nintendo can literally just show a Nintendo Direct like it ain't nothing. And then, bam, that's it. So that's what they've been doing for some years now. So that's just one of the news, hopefully, for those who have been underneath the rock lately. Um, that's what has going on with E3. So that's... That's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be a lot of spice coming into this to this conversation, going into there. And one of the other things is to talk about for the PlayStation. Also, since this is a new month, um, there's gonna be some new games that's gonna be dropped, and um, the games happen to be Hood, Outlaws, and Legends, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated, and Slay the Sphere. So. Those are all April monthly games. It's all going to be on the PS4, um, especially for Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. It's also going to be on PS5 as well. But see, I think I think some of these games you can still play on PS5 because, again, PS5 is backwards compatible anyway. So you have that. And so they will arrive on Tuesday, April 5th. So 
look out for those games as they come along and hopefully you download the games that have been that have been out for the um for march like team sonic racing for instance but there's also a very interesting part here which by the way those those games expire april 4th by the way um i guess which makes sense right <laughs> the day before the new collection comes out but here's a very interesting part here um to look into on this part so ride ride this train with me here um Again, PlayStation 5 especially has this thing with the PS Plus collection, right? Um, I don't know. I try. I can't remember for sure exactly what games were still there, if they're still there that didn't come out, right? Because I feel like that at the beginning, I don't think like, say, for instance, Crash um, Insane Trilogy, I don't think that was one of the games that first came out. I think it came in later a little bit, but it looks like to me that PlayStation Plus collection is starting to actually get rid of some games, actually, which is very interesting. Considering the fact that you have all these games, very good game collection-wise, that some I haven't even tried out myself, but they're free. <laughs> they're free. Well, one of the games that is in that position of terms of being left, not, re not right now, but on May 11th, Persona 5 will be leaving PlayStation Plus collection. So you definitely want to make sure you add that game in there before they get rid of it. Now, of course, they're not going to get rid of it from the PlayStation Network. <laughs> they're just going to make you pay for it. <laughs> it's not just it's not going to be free anymore. You're just going to be paying for it. So just keep that in mind. And I'm keeping that in mind as well. And I'll do some more research and get back with you guys about that as well. Because that's something that really kind of went underneath my nose. Because I didn't think they would actually go ahead and just... If anything, I thought they would add on to it. I didn't think they would actually just like take some out. And I would, I would think they might replace it with another game. Now, if they don't do that, then what exactly are they doing with the PlayStation Plus collection? That's the other question I have in mind. But I'll keep you guys informed on that as i do some more research on that part it just came to my attention about that and i was like that's weird so remember persona 5 leaves on may 11th from the ps plus collection so make sure you guys download that game and also again like i said on this podcast there's gonna be there's a lot of stuff that dropped here um this week and the other thing is that recently of course we have the march uh, sale that I mentioned last week that I think you can get up to like about 70% off some games that was actually even 80% off you know what I'm saying which by the way your boy took advantage of a lot of games in there mm -hmm. made out like a bandit <laughs> well it's kind of funny that Sony now is having an April sale which I'm like they having an April sale after they just had a March sale Usually, I would think they're waiting like maybe some months later down the road, but that didn't think would go back to back. And it was kind of funny and very intriguing because there was, um, I haven't gotten all the DLC for Tekken, right? I've only, surprisingly, I thought I had season two, but I only have season one. <laughs> um, I mean, shoot, having Noctis and Geese as characters, you'd think that'd be enough, right? Because <laughs> they both are broken. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because I was looking into actually getting those dlcs for those for that game and you know of course i can't remember exactly how much it was i think season four might have been about maybe 15 bucks maybe 20 um, i think season three might have been like 30 something like that 
um they all range they all have different ranges of um price and just i guess because of the content that's in each season passes well you don't have to worry about that anymore because every single dlc package has now got discounted i'm like so again your boy's gonna take advantage of that <laughs> they must have known they were like saying hmm one they have this individual here uh gemster like gemster like a boss by the way that's the playstation tag if you guys want to add me in there for a playstation um they must have probably realized that i was making out like a bandit he's like oh wow somebody actually was paying attention to our sales of buying the stuff so let's let's continue in april and they must have heard my silent cry over the fact of me trying to purchase some of the dlc for tekken and guess what my wish came true <laughs> now maybe maybe i have to see about street fighter because that's also another problem there as well with all that dlc content it's it's disgusting um but yeah yeah so please you guys take advantage of that as well um there are still some great games on that list there's a lot more games being discounted than it was in march and there's a lot of good ones in there to actually look forward to playing and buying um so you know, I, you know, let's just put it like this. I made out like a bandit on Soul Calibur 6. Yeah, no, I, normally I would have picked that one up day one as well. I just, I think it was just too many games that was coming out at the time. And I was kind of put on the, the end. Well, just to give you an idea, the game was Deluxe Edition. I believe it was about 90 bucks. The game was brought down to $13.49. <laughs> so there's nothing to think about here. That's a deal. That's a steal. <laughs> and on top of that, it gives you the season one pass. And the game's great, by the way. Same thing happened with Guilty Gear as well, right? So, um, and then of course I got, I actually got the collection for the Shemnu um, collection, one and two and three. And I wanna say Shemnu one and two as just a collection copy, because if you remember that was actual PS4 disc. Of course they have it obviously separate on the Dreamcast because that's where they both those games first came out. And of course they never worked on Shenmue 3 until like over a decade later. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on ps4 but that one was about what i think the shemu one and two packet was uh i want to say 30 and it got brought down to 5.99 and then i believe the shemu 3 was either 30 or 40 bucks as well and that was brought down to 7.99 so again <laughs> take advantage of these deals i couldn't believe it i was like dude <laughs> i can actually I, I took a, uh, it's so funny, I took, I even took a photo of the price that I had paid for it, and I'm like, wow, it's, it, that was nice, <laughs> that was nice, so, yeah, do take advantage of these sales, you know, I'm not saying buy every single game up there, but games that you were looking forward to playing, that at the time they were so expensive, if not something that was on your list, but kind of was put to the back burner, well, here's your opportunity to see what's on that store. Please take advantage of that, because that this sale ends actually within this month, coincidence, right? I think it was on the 27th, I believe. So, that's all for PlayStation News. Right now, up next, I'm gonna talk about some stuff with sports, and um, we'll go from there. we're back um on to the next thing we're talking about is sports um seeing as that also this weekend we are having a lot of <laughs> events going on right now we are having 
two final fours is going on right now actually currently right now we have south carolina and louisville that's playing each other right now which i still have louisville basically going out there and actually not louisville excuse me south carolina beating louisville and everything out there from everything so um yeah <laughs> that's kind of about really about it really with that uh, UConn, I kind of have UConn going out here. I mean, I don't really want to go get Stanford, and Stanford's no slouch either. So we, we have two good Final Fours going along here as well. And on the men's side, you have <laughs> Kentucky and Villanova. I mean, Kentucky and Villanova, excuse me, that's the, that was that was a bad part of my end, Jesus. <laughs> Kansas <laughs> versus Villanova. <laughs> Lord. I'm still fantasizing about the fact that Kentucky should have gotten out in the first round. <laughs> but Villanova versus Kansas. And then you have Duke versus UNC. Um, especially on the Duke and UNC. Um, I still find this very, very cool, especially for Coach Gay's legacy right now, is the fact that, one, he's made it this far to the Final Four. Having gone through losing the ACC tournament, and then on top of this, going against UNC again? After that game where they lost to where you know that was coach k's final home game um it's very interesting how this is going to play out and it's definitely going to be box office to watch that's for sure <laughs> i i don't know what other more event can you have on this storyline here you know it's just one of those things that you know of course i'm gonna root for unc but in this case here i'm rooting for coach k to see how this story goes I, I want unc to win obviously but it'd be pretty neat if you see coach k after going through <laughs> some of these big losses that they happen to come through only for them to actually get it this far when the excuse me the nc nca double excuse me oof, i had a burp there ncaa tournament that's gonna be huge right <laughs> it just kind of sucks though it'd be nice though if they face each other in the actual final game but hey you know one of them their roads ends tonight you know especially um you know especially how unc has been playing too as well so you're gonna be in for a treat so we got today and tomorrow and then you know mlb picks up this weekend as well so i'm happy for that I don't know about my Mets, though, because my Mets right now, I know, um, if I'm not mistaken, Grom's going through some stuff right now. I think some, uh, like, a couple weeks off a little bit. I was like, yikes. <laughs> so, yeah. But I still think this Mets is year. You know, I'm not as delusional as them Cowboy fans, but I do believe that the Mets, this is our year, right? We got the players. We got the charisma. We just got to stay healthy. <laughs> That's always the Achilles heel. And uh, once all of that comes together, I believe, not no, I believe we should win the whole shebang. Considering the fact also that the season is going to be really shortened. Um... I mean, it's not going to be too short than it was supposed to probably be originally, especially from that lockout we had. But then again, they brought it back to around April. So it didn't start in March and it's not starting in June. But hey, you know, the middle part of it, it's going to start in April. <laughs> Just like that. So we'll see. So this should be an exciting time, especially 
when spring is arise and all the pollen and everything because it definitely hit my car that's for sure with a lot of this pollen i didn't see it yesterday especially amidst this nice little rainstorm we had yesterday next thing you know bam pollen all over the car i was like jeez <laughs> so hopefully you guys have been getting your algae tablets in as the blossoming of flowers and the grass growing and the weeds coming out yes spring is back <laughs> um but on to the nba though um as we're getting closer into the playoff section here um there's been a lot of teams that's been you know going off and on right now you know you got on the west side as of right now you have the Suns who already clinched the division, excuse me, the conference, the Grizzlies clinched the division, and the set, the, get this, the Mavericks <laughs> clinched the playoff position, right? And putting some context into this is that the Suns are number one, the Grizzlies are number two, right? Who would have thought, right? The way how they've been playing, though, it's, it's very impressive for them, especially being such a young squad, but with the leadership and powerhouse of John Moran, I'm just like, man, that's 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 cool. And plus, they made it to the playoffs before, but not in such a higher seed like this. I can't recall exactly the last time they've ever been in a higher seed like this. So this is very huge for them. Um, and then that's for the Mavericks. You know, they were off and on a little bit, and now they're coming up here. And technically, the Warriors were on that place, which technically they both are tied for the same record, 48 and 29. Um, but the Warriors are kind of sort of on like a losing streak. So Mavericks right now, they're they're up there. And then you have the Utah Jazz underneath them. Then you have the Nuggets. Then you have the Timberwolves and then the Clippers, right? Seeing as that, again, this play-in tournament is still being in this second run again. You have and basically the teams that are going to be probably playing for that position is going to be the four teams of the um, Spurs, the Pelicans, the Clippers, just like that. And the Timberwolves, if I'm not mistaken, as well, because they're, you know, seven and eight seed. <laughs> so it's kind of dangerous when you're in that spot now, right? You got, as long as you're in the one through six, you're fine. Seven, eight, nine, ten, especially the seventh seed. I feel bad for them because it's like, oh, man, we're, we're a game above. <laughs> that means you're in the playing tournament. <laughs> um... But it's interesting how this will work out, you know what I'm saying? Because the Clippers could go up to the seventh seed, or they could go down and actually um, face each other. Face because um, it's like it's kind of weird. Because like just putting all these words together, <laughs> excuse me, if I sound like I'm stumbling here, just a lot of thoughts coming through the process here. When you have in the 7th and 8th seed, right, for the playing tournament, how this is going to work is that you have the 7th and 8th seed going against each other, and you have the 9th and 10th seed going against each other. For the 7th and 8th seed, they face against each other. Whoever wins, they will be put for the 7th spot, and the person that, the team that lost will actually go against the team that wins from the 9th and 10th seed. Now, of course, whoever loses in the 9th and 10th seed, they don't get another chance. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you were ninth seed or 10th seed. So for instance, if the, Pel if the Pelicans lose to the Spurs, they're done, even though they're the ninth seed right now. The Spurs can go up there and then go against the Clippers to get that eighth spot. And that's about it. And the same thing is going to happen with the, um, excuse me, for the Eastern Conference, which in this case, that the four placement teams on that chopping block would be the Cavaliers, the Nets, the Hornets, and the Hawks. 
And, you know, it's kind of weird seeing as how all four of those teams have been playing really well. They can be anybody, to be honest with you. I mean, you have the Nets, the Hornets, and the Hawks tied for the same record, 40 and 37, especially after for the Nets losing against the Bucks, which technically they should have had that game. Um, you know, flagrant twos flying everywhere from Chris Middleton, which I still believe that wasn't. And he, they were all trying to try to make an explanation to the refs. If you pay attention to that game, it's quite astonishing that they were trying to still try to explain what that situation was i'm like you look at that replay and you tell me that wasn't a flagrant two like what are y'all trying to like make a case for that's a flagrant two what do you think trying to think is that that wasn't his intention i'm like bruh all that space that brown had to make a dunk even though he did take his time to make that happen chris milton didn't have to do you know, blocking is one thing, but then you came at the man's wrist like that. That could have been cause of a very big injury there that the Nets don't really need right about now. <laughs> so, and I even thought we were going to lose KD for a second. I wasn't like, yo, KD getting hurt after where he landed. I was like, ooh, but it looks like he's fine. So, durability, man. That's how you get through when it comes to the um, playoffs. But having said all that, you have the Cavs have been playing really well right they're not the butt end of the joke i like my knicks <laughs> who obviously are the 11th seed and not even close to the hawks in their 10th seed as again like i said before they are the 40 and 37 record while the knicks are 34 and 43 yeah nice isn't it right <sighs> jesus how do you I mean, seriously how do you guys come from going into the playoffs doing well i think we were like the fourth seed if i'm not mistaken and then we just went down <laughs> to the 11th seed i was just i don't i don't understand it <clears throat> but that's my next yep so hopefully we get it together maybe i don't know never <laughs> but the same thing will happen like i said about the playing tournament for the west side is that you will have the cavaliers and the nets go against each other whoever wins they go against whoever uh well, whoever wins stays the seventh seed and whoever loses go against the ninth and tenth seed whoever wins out of that and then whoever wins out of that game, bam, then you can get yourself the eighth seed. I know a lot of people have been a little bit miffed about the whole playing tournament. Um, and obviously for reasons, obviously, is to make it competitive because some teams, especially how it was in the past, which you can honestly see it when it comes down to the last stretch of games, you know, especially if they know what placement they're in, they're not going to really, you know, they're not going to play as hard, which is understandable because of the fact that, hey, we're at the position that we have right now. These games may not matter, right? <laughs> that That's kind of the mentality that a lot of these teams, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of these teams go against. And so <clears throat> that is what they're dealing with right now. Excuse me. Um, hydration is key, by the way. <laughs> um, so with those games happening, like that um these are huge um you know the tournament is there for that reason and some you know you know it kind of defeats the purpose of saying hey these are the best of the best teams that should be there but instead you get like somebody like a 10 seed imagine that right a 10 seed team who even the ninth seed 
those two teams would never have been up there for one through eight seed because it should just be one through eight seed. Like the ninth and tenth seed, if you're in those teams, you're pretty much packing your bags and you're probably going to Tahiti. But the fact that you have a chance to actually go ahead and be part of the tournament, it, it, it spices it up a little bit, but then it also kind of, if you really sit back and think about it, you know, and I heard this discussion too, is the fact that when you have a team like, again, the 10th seed actually come in there and just somehow make their way to the 8th seed just like that, just because of this playing tournament, you know, only for them to probably get waxed <laughs> by the one seed. And obviously it's something like maybe you can almost say it's been adopted from the NCAA tournament. Almost in a sense where you have like the lower seed team somehow make their way upward and stuff like that. But it's just, it's, it's interesting, but then it's just like, mm, it's there, um, you know, just to preserve some more cash flow and make it even more interesting. And make it actually so that way they're on their toes at the same time too, light some fire underneath themselves, so that way they are not actually like, lollygagging out there trying to um, not play as hard as they should until it gets into the playoffs. So it can go both ways. I'm on the fence with it. It's cool, but then I understand at the same time that you know it defeats the purpose of how all the teams are supposed to be stacked. I mean, it's supposedly the eight best teams from that roster and you know to pull in your 10th seed or 9th seed that aren't supposed to be in there you know so it's been working for the most part i guess you know so um yeah so that's just the interesting thing about that as well so yep but as for the lakers yep yep mm -mm. they're also just like it's kind of funny that the knicks are in the same spot as the lakers how about that right um yeah um they definitely need to get some type of reality check and try to figure out okay you know this isn't working because once again they're not even a chance to actually be in a play-in tournament and they're out in the playoffs that the last time they've been out of the playoffs probably was before they went into the bubble that year when lebron james first came in there into the mix and again it was just between injuries after injuries after injuries it's just durability um so I don't know what's going to be talked about. I do expect, since they obviously failed to have done that at the trade deadline, I do expect some possible moves happening on that team pretty fast. Um, because if they want to get back to that competition status that they were in, and people are going to probably give the bubble an asterisk if they want to, I don't know. Um, you know, when, a win and win is a win to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was done in the bubble. There was no fans. But you still were playing on a court, <laughs> you know. It's just you still have the same rules, just didn't have the crowd noise. And and again, yes, some players said that they played better without the crowd noise. They actually, there was no crowd, so it was just them, the other team, and a ball. So you know, by the end of the day, a win's a win, right? So um, just because it was done in the bubble, but since that bubble coming out of the bubble the lakers have not been themselves they've been getting injured injuries they've been having some really tough plays some really bad games that is always a bear to watch like it's to the point that it made me almost to a sense that when they had the utah jazz and the lakers playing i just turned that off because why i just knew that the utah jazz was just gonna kill them <laughs> because of the game and sure enough 
guess what happened? The Utah Jazz won. 122 to 109. So I just already foresaw that the game was just not going to be... Yeah, sure, they made it to 100, but it just was like it wasn't going to be close. It wasn't like the Bucks and the Nets. That was a game. Like, when they went overtime, over top of that game, I was like, nah, that's the game I'm still going to watch. You know, thank God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It gives me more basketball to watch. Because honestly, if, whenever that game was finished, there was nothing for me to watch the Lakers and the Jazz. That's just how bad the Lakers have gotten. I shouldn't have to feel that way with the Lakers. Even though they're not my team. <laughs> um, it's just that with all that talent that's up there, they can never seem to keep themselves healthy. I mean, honestly, they, they just need some magic potion or something. I mean, Icy Hot's not going to obviously cover it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, something. I, I just don't know. And um, that's bad, but hopefully they get themselves together for that. But that is what we're looking at in terms of the NBA spectrum, at least. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting. Of course, we got more games that's going on today, so that's going to be pretty cool as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, though, Steph Curry still is going to, he's actually going to be out for the rest of the season just because of that injury that happened when they went against the Celtics against Marcus Smart and whatnot. And I'm like, that's one thing they, the Warriors definitely didn't need. And especially where they were at, too. Um, especially when they just got back Draymond Green now, we lost Steph. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but he says he's just going to miss the rest of the regular season. So, that all entails exactly what's going to happen within the um, playoffs if they decide to bring him out, depending on how severe the injury is. Um, but that's something to keep out for. But anyway, for the next topic, it's just going to be a quick um, little topic in mind about what happened earlier in the week before even Monday began was something that happened in within the Oscars. And we're back. Um, so for this next topic here is um, a topic that pretty much, if you have been also under a rock <laughs> on this topic lately, um, this was really a news that pretty much stormed everywhere from Sunday and current. <laughs> um, you know, it was one of the you know nights of the Oscars, and you know it was one of those nights where you know a lot of nominees and actors and actresses come together in celebration of their achievement they happen to have within the movies that they're participating in, whatever role that may have been, even the cases where you know they were directors and they directed film and uh, directed. Um, certain parts of like sound and everything like that, even animation, things in that nature. Um, so, you know, it's been like that for a while. And, and so on top of that too, that this one definitely was bringing a lot of more diversity into it, especially having a black producer for the entire thing of the role of the Oscars, considering the fact that I know it was getting involved with her just being plainly white. So now they're adding a lot of more diversity for uh, women as well as for minority individuals. So 
maybe having Amy Schumer, having Wanda Sykes, having Regina Hall doing a phenomenal job actually hosting the Oscars, especially considering the fact that through the times of me paying attention sometimes to the Oscars, um, they have been without a host for a while, so it was just almost to the point that they were just going off off the presenter or just coming up with something random. So this was kind of literally the start of trying to go back to that tradition, I guess, in a sense, for the Oscars. And again, trying to spice it up and change it up however they see fit. Um, they had some nice performances by Billie Eilish um, and just a lot of other ones too. Um, so, um, and even especially getting Samuel Jackson that uh, Lifetime Achievement Award as well too. Especially seeing it's funny seeing them, you know, with John Travolta and them come back on stage doing the whole little dance routine from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and even brought out the briefcase that will light up with gold <laughs> after that one scene when they uh, infiltrated the guys that were sitting in that room. <laughs> Sam asking uh, John is like, Vincent, are we happy? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then seeing, like, you know, uh, ones like Quest Love getting an award as well for his Oscar and his role in the movie that he worked on too. Um, you know, seeing that emotion come out. So there was there was a lot of mixture and everything along that line. Um, but a lot of that kind of, in a sense, what I just described, in a sense, got overshadowed by a an act that I don't think really no one would have saw coming, nor that anybody wanted to even see. Um, and definitely out of character for an individual that I think a lot of people admire throughout the years and times, especially for both of them, um, you know, throughout their years of work and whatnot. And even ones I even looked up to in the field that they are, they're doing and just how they, they, you know, go about themselves how they present themselves too um yeah it definitely was not a very good look at all going into the oscars that day and again this has all been news already been out here <laughs> articles everywhere memes everywhere i mean they weren't too slow about this they were quick about this and i don't know if it was as quick as the reaction that will had to chris rock of a sense that there was a presentation and that you know chris walk as a comedian as well you know of course when it comes to things like that comedians are going to do what comedians do and they're going to joke and, and a lot of times they're going to joke about the person that's sitting in the audience you know what i'm saying and especially in the celebrity world like that i mean they're going to joke celebrities for days so um that's just one of the little sticks that happen every time you sit there in plain, plain sight you're asking to get joked so <laughs> You just better be careful around your surroundings. So, some are sensitive, some are not. Um, but, you know, with all the jokes we were saying, they were fine. Until one of the jokes that he happened to mention that was kind of towards, basically, not even kind of it was. <laughs> I used that word too loosely. But the fact is that they um, had, she, he had a joke towards Jada Pinkett Smith. And it was basically about her the way how she looked now she could pretty much play in a gi jane 2 and it was a joke that was brought up and everybody was laughing and that included will um in the beginning and then chris kept talking and then eventually you see somebody coming up there an individual coming up there on stage and it was will 
and we were thinking I think like a lot of us was thinking that this was some kind of skit because again they're trying to spice up the Oscars and not make it so plain <laughs> so um, I was going to say plain Jane but that deceives the point of all this conversation came up the stage and what looked like I you know of course obviously like he slapped Chris Rock right which he did we thought that oh maybe it was just some kind of like acts like you know if you watch a movie sometimes like like even like WWE for instance right they're not actually slapping the person they actually like you know miss them but then they make some kind of noise and make it sound like they did some something in along those lines and I'm just like wow okay but I and to the point that that was real as he came back to the stage and came back to where he was sitting at and you know screaming to Chris Rock twice about keeping his wife's name out his mouth and of course as you looked at it once you saw Will was laughing in the beginning you, you look at Jada and she was in a face of sort of disgust and just roll her eyes and whatnot but the thing is that of course as we all have saw now recently is the fact that if you ever like I watched it live because I was watching half of that I was watching the Oscars and half of it I was watching the game that was going on with the women's basketball tournament and I happened to hear you know that they were doing all that stuff and I looked over and I saw that action but then I just after that I just heard nothing on the sound I thought it was my headphones I thought it was like hmm, maybe something's up with my headphones or whatnot and then I'm looking at the screen because I was like oh, well maybe you know sometimes sometimes you know the tentacle <laughs> difficulties happen <laughs> you know it happens to the best of us but it wasn't the case it was actually um intentional yeah because of what Will was saying to chris and i was like and you look at lupita's face and everything too i mean i was like wait this looks serious this i was like what happened here and so of course a lot of people probably didn't know exactly who G.I. Jane was I kind of actually missed the joke anyway in the at the end because I was like huh what happened um and then that's when you looked it up and then it's like oh and then you know what he's talking about and whatnot um and I feel like I've seen the movie it probably was a movie that was on TV or anything like that but with all that context given um it definitely was not a great sight to see two legends in the game itself happening like that um there was talks all over the place that you heard for a minute that you know chris walk might have had put something in mind with this somehow later on i guess somehow the dialogue might have been switched around at the last minute by somebody um things like that in that nature obviously um chris rock hasn't obviously spoke about it um other than at the time when he was about to go on his tour and actually when he came up stage and was being applauded he just said he was still trying to process everything um yeah because the thing was the report was that he actually left once after that event had happened he left and left the whole entire event just like that um because he kept going after that i mean he, he didn't stop he, he kept going as he was about to announce the nominees for the award that eventually was love happened to win for for the movie that he produced and um yeah it just it just was something that you didn't expect to happen like that there 
and to explode. And no sooner, maybe what, what maybe ten minutes later, that he eventually will got the award for being uh, for the leading role of King Richard. And he had a five-minute speech, um, more or less trying to compare himself to what exactly what King Richard was doing in his movie, in, in the movie that he played in, and exactly why he probably did a certain action that obviously that same night fed his family and everybody um, and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was a rolling amount of emotions, obviously, after that event that there was a lot of actors like Wanda Sykes, for instance, that was still traumatized by everything that was going on. <clears throat> um, you know, it, it does hurt to see that happen to him, especially through all the movies that he's played, um, especially, you know, what he has gone through <laughs> with whatever that relationship is. Um, the entanglements, as we all have been describing, especially what Jada Pickens Smith did with Augustine Sassina. And overall, they've been really open about their business. Um, I know, of course, Jada was, especially with uh, alopecia that she's going through right now. That's the reason why she you know, shaved off her head and whatnot, too. <clears throat> and yeah, um, it just, it, it's still hard to process. And I know it's about three, almost a week before since this event happened um of course out of all this too you would think that if anything chris rock could probably have a lot of content for this <laughs> um after this entire oscar itself because that's what everybody's been waiting for i mean I, literally throughout the week people have been showing that the tickets have been going up because they wanted to see exactly how he was going to react i mean it's just you couldn't you couldn't even think that the fact that this had happened before his tour was about to go on with kevin hart it's very interesting <clears throat> and you know people are gonna probably keep on waiting who knows <laughs> he may never say it but he might wait until the end of his tour business but as for will he's been going a lot of with a lot of scrutiny from certain actors as well that's been speaking about that i know jim carrey talked about it um the um you know a lot of other actors a lot of other directors as well been talking about it too and you know it's just very hard to see and now all the recent events has happened he says that he's going to resign from the oscars academy after that event that happened and in quote <clears throat> i am resigning from the membership in the academy of motion picture arts and sciences he said he was heartbroken and would accept any other further consequences the board deems appropriate. My actions at the 94th Academy Awards presentation were shocking, painful, and inexcusable. The list of those I have hurt is long and includes Chris, his family, many of my dear friends, and loved ones, all those in attendance and global audiences at home. He went on and pretty much talked about it, said, I portrayed the trust of the Academy I deprived other nominees and winners of their opportunity to celebrate and celebrate for their extraordinary work. I am heartbroken. End quote. Also in board quote, actually, it's he put the he was, he also wants to put the focus back onto those who deserve attention for their achievements. And also to conclude is that he said change takes time, and I am committed to doing the work to ensure that I will never again allow violence to overtake reason end quote um this is also 
this happened this article having me coming from the bbc.com news yeah um yeah because the, the the thing is even before he mentioned this too they were trying to actually get this man out he was actually trying to leave and he didn't want to leave he was there right there partying and whatnot and to be honest with you in his perspective honestly knowing that the situation had happened he probably was going out with a bank and to elaborate on that is the fact that since this event happened he kind of just was like yeah um I'm just gonna, you know, knowing that this situation happened, I'm just gonna party it out. That's it. Boom. That's it. Now, clearly, obviously, you should have been gone, because clearly security hasn't done anything. Of course, I know the Oscars did say they did advocate on that event that happened, and I was like, okay. This is definitely gonna be an awards night, so that won't be forgotten and whatnot. So, and just to see that he's resigning from the oscars academy yep it's gonna be a while it's gonna be a good couple years before you know you know and it's just one of those things of what does this mean for will as his legacy again like i said before he's been in tv shows he's made music he made he's been in plenty of movies whether they were acting movies or animated tv movies um he's been in a lot of parts of that um does this ruin his image um, it has a stain on it for sure from this event because you know when people think about this event that happens they're gonna probably think about this um, but over time it's hard to say it's definitely not gonna be over in a year so don't don't even expect that I will give it about five and you know it's it, again it, it can't be forgotten because it's all over the internet I mean people literally, making memes for days if you look online even tv channels like g4 <laughs> on the attack of the show they're coming up there making jokes with that too as well with the hand slap part so it's it's uh it's everywhere it's gonna be something that won't be forgotten probably ever um that's that's the unfortunate part for him especially considering the fact that i had no idea this is his actual first oscar that he won out of, again, out of all the movies he had played, and that, that that hurts. I don't know what that means for TV shows, the syndication TV shows of French Prince of Bel Air. I don't know, you know, they may still show him. I don't know if that's gonna hurt in terms of that being taken out. I'm not sure. Um, only time will tell. And again, all this is happening within a week. Within a week, all of this is happening. We haven't even got through the end of this year right all of this is happening so obviously clearly will you know is apologizing here and you know probably i'm gonna go through i don't know probably therapy or something along those lines to sort all of this out you know and he he got pretty much got snapped he snapped i mean that that one right there probably did it for him right and chris rock said he didn't know that jada was going through that and he snapped and not saying condoning doing that up on stage. I know a lot of people would say, you know, go in the back room and actually discuss that instead of doing that right in front of the screen. Others can pretty much say that, hey, Chris Rock says something about that to your wife. Then you can go right back there and embarrass him right there on stage. It's 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 a whole mess. It's a whole mess. Um, 
it's just something that I didn't want to see happen to these two, right? Because, you know, their friendship, you know, I don't know how strong it is. Obviously, it's probably not going to be a friendship <laughs> anytime soon. I don't I don't think so. <laughs> um, that's that right there is a huge gap right there. That's going to be going to be taking a while to close in. That's for sure. But through all of this, just to end it off and, you know, of course, this stuff will be updated as well. But it's just my perspective on it was that it just it hurt to see this happen to them both and especially for will's case too um it really does it does so um hopefully he's getting the help and support that he needs to get through this and hopefully he understands um there's you know that that whole business i don't know it's just it's gonna be a hurricane let me tell you that for sure um so that's a, it's a very unfortunate time right now for them too and for him but if anything that probably won out of that entire ordeal between these two and this whole event it wasn't chris rock getting slapped it wasn't will smith losing this prestige honor of being their part of the academy type of thing i think the real winner of all this was gi jane <laughs> to end it off like this i think honestly gi jane probably won because let's be real how many people knew from the jump what that movie was without having to look it up possibly watching the movie for more context exactly what was going on if the cover didn't already explain it already from exactly oh why he brought that that joke was brought up right so if anything people probably streamed the movie probably brought the movie just to watch it and there was talks around it. How about that, right? I think that was the real winner. <laughs> but to move to a lighter subject in mind, um, I was going to talk about to the next part of the last part of the podcast is a look back at a program that has been around for me since I was a wee little boy. And it's been about 25 years of its broadcast and that is to talk about Tanami. and we're back so to keep the entertainment topic keep going um this was um something i meant to talk about when it first came out within the week um, there was just other topics that were being talked about. And so I just thought, you know, to put this on the 50th episode of this podcast, I thought I would talk about a program that pretty much shaped probably me in terms of the culture that we are in right now in terms of television and the culture that was brought to the U.S. that also gave everybody a culture shock as well. And this is a block that was made through um, within Cartoon Network and as well as Adult Swim, more or less Cartoon Network. <clears throat> and that is Toonami. Toonami pretty much was launched back in March 17th, 1997. So that's why you could definitely tell that it was just recent that this was the 25th anniversary for Toonami. Toonami's been around for a while, um, showing a lot of action block cartoons such as shows like Johnny Quest, like Batman, 
a lot of DC shows, to be honest with you, but also throwing in anime blocks such as your Dragon Ball Z, your Naruto, your uh, Yu Hakusho, your Bleach, your Gundam, things like that. And there's there's a huge list. Sailor Moon. I mean, the whole list can keep going. <laughs> um, it really can. Um, and it's it's been such a huge part, not only just to me, but to a lot of people around the world. And it definitely had brought in, especially in terms of the nation of the United States, brought in a different perspective of shows that probably a lot of people have never seen before because a lot of shows, especially anime-wise, has always been in Japan. And there wasn't really any block out there at the time. Maybe, maybe a channel or two that maybe had some anime, but there wasn't really a blog dedicated to that other than Tanami. Tanami, honestly, to me, really started it all having that being brought to our attention. I think without Tanami, I don't think I would have started watching anime at such a young age like that. Um, just because of the exposure that they were given to you. And again, no other channel would have that than Tanami being on Cartoon Network. Um, it was going until pretty much 1997 all the way until 2008. Um, and it had like that four-year hiatus, and now it was brought back in 2012, especially during the time frame where, you know, everybody on Twitter was trying to bring back Tanami and whatnot, and I guess they happened to listen. <laughs> and they brought it back, back into May 20, May 26, 2012. Um, it's kind of interesting because you can kind of say it's about 10 years <laughs> since it's been relaunched, you know? Um... And that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Having voice actors like Steve Bloom be voice of Tom since Tom 2. Uh, the atmosphere of that show or just the block itself, you know, exposing us to having game reviews. Um, the aesthetics of, you know, just seeing a, just a tiny robot, you know, taking aboard the absolution of a ship, a spaceship, mind you, right? Because, um, of course, Tanami was created by... Uh, Sean Inkins and Jason DeMarco, you know, and produced by William Street. A lot of this is also within Atlanta, Georgia as well, of course, with the Turner Broadcasting Company. So, you know, that's how Tsunami pretty much was coming along. And so it was always that block that you always would go to in the afternoon from four to seven to watch a lot of the shows, like again, Gundam, like your Dragon Ball Z, and you just get all that goodness coming out there in the afternoon something to write home about somewhere to talk to your friends about because you're just like oh man you gotta watch those episodes because guess what i know we live in a day and age now where you can stream a lot of these shows old and new to your devices but that was the only way how you were able to watch them it was like to the point that you didn't want to miss an episode of it now eventually they might would have done a rerun but you had to kind of back in the day <laughs> you would have to go to a certain channel i know because i had a channel that de 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 designated for the tv guide because the tv guide itself just kept running by itself i don't know why they had a tv guide by itself but eh. but tsunami would have already would have told you anyway what was coming up now next and later type of thing but if you wanted to know further along then yeah you just watch the tv guide channel <laughs> um but then eventually, eventually went to just Saturday nights only, which kind of made a nice little staple to watch a lot of anime on Saturdays. And it was from 7 to 11 um, late nights if you were able to stay up, if you didn't fall asleep. <laughs> and then eventually, once it came back onto TV, especially for Adult Swim, 
um, which is still current right now, they've been having it around 12 o'clock. There was times they actually brought it to 11.30, 11 o'clock, and even for the little small stick of time, they had it for 8 o'clock until well into maybe 4 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, Tanami has made a huge, huge impact to a lot of people for that and a lot of exposure for that. Um, of course, they had their own little tie-ins such as the intruder, the lockdown, the countdown. There were so many different events that they had for Tanami um, that was transitioning. Either it was Tom himself or just the whole entire ordeal for it. Um, of course, Tom has went through about four different changes. Um, top one, two, three, and four. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was kind of interesting for that. And in the course of being the first one, for Tom was Sonny Strett, who was the voice actor for Tom 1. And you never heard back from him again until they had Intruder 2 for back in 2015 when Tanami came back up there. And Steve Bloom's been voicing Tom since Tom 2 and beyond. Um, I definitely, my favorite, not my favorite one was um, Tom 4. I think a lot of people can agree with that just because of the fact that you can see their faces. And it just felt dull, honestly. It just, it felt dull for Tom to be in that predicament in Tom 4. I mean, the shows were there. That's all we really cared about. But in terms of, like, the transitioning from show to them and commercial and whatnot, it just felt dull. Like, seriously, they had no music. Like, during the Tom 1, Tom 3, especially, oh my God, Tom 3 era? Dude, there was so much infused dope beats, hip-hop beats that was coming through Tom not through Tom, but just through the sequencing of commercials and just the atmosphere of the entire absolution. It just it was just such a cool look, especially in the Tom 3 era. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just love that one the most. And definitely had its drum and bass flavored soundtrack as well. And it just it was so cool. And then again, like I said before, they also had a lot of videos, especially during that time frame too, where they were showing like skateboarders or extreme sports people that would be out there, even artists, cartoonists too. Um, you know, they they would show you know a lot of people out there in there. So it was pretty cool. Of course, the name of Tanami was pretty much in a sense of a combination of cartoon and tsunami. If you didn't figure that out already. <laughs> It was supposed to be like a wave of shows coming at you type of thing. And that's pretty much how that went. And of course, you know, Tanami obviously was around here as well. And of course, it even had its own TV show as well, which was like IGPX, which was definitely was a great show in its own right. And it was made through them. And that was pretty cool as well. I mean, they had just so, so many shows. I mean, I could just list a good handful. Again, you had Naruto. You had Yu Show, you had Bleach, Trigun, you had Astro Boy, Outlaw Star, Tenchi Muyo, Gundam, um, just so many. And then you had, you know, Teen Titans that came in there as well. And then you had the month of Miyazaki movies as well that was mixed in there too, like Spirit Away. I just was just like, dude, this, it just opened up the whole entire floodgates for a lot of shows to be around here. Right. And it was just, it was such a cool, cool time. And I'm glad that it's still kicking right now. I really am. Um, definitely, it was just one of those times for it. And 
you know now of course eventually now Tanami's having its own kind of I wouldn't say I don't know if it's having its own anime I think it's more or less like Adult Swim excuse me having Adult Swim and um having the I guess it was like the Adult Swim and Crunchyroll com combination of shows because they talked about this back at the Adult Swim Con that they were having shows that was being put out there for Tanami, such as like Blade Runner Black Lotus, uh, Fender the Pirate Princess, both of them were great by the way, and then recently having Shenmue, right? The game, as I just described early in this in this podcast episode, that was a Dreamcast game, both one and two, from Sega, and they actually made an animation of it and it's just great, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um so it was it was really cool it was really cool you know what i'm saying and they just have so many things i mean i remember when tanami jet stream was a thing right you just go on your computer and just watch some of the stuff that was up there show wise you know if it was a particular episode or a clip of an episode it was cool you know what i'm saying um there was just so many great stuff out here <laughs> um i mean if you look you can look online especially even when tanami was also part of kids wb only for like a year but they would also combine like dragon ball z and pokemon on kids wb but there was just so many shows that came throughout the span of 1997 to now i mean you can look it up yourselves um but it's just so many shows that was up here and honestly a lot of these shows if you had to ask me a lot of them came from um tanami you know, there's only about maybe a small percentage of shows that I've seen as anime that I didn't see from One Piece. Um, not One Piece, excuse me, from Tanami. But there was a lot of shows that came straight from Tanami. Um, they got my, my sister and I both into. So, um, definitely I wouldn't have seen it at a young age. Um, nothing wrong with it or anything like that. It's just that I just never knew. It was like, what, what is that anime? It's like, I wouldn't have known, right? It exposed me to it at a, at a very young age. And it was so good. You know what I'm saying? But when Tanami came off, it was almost to the point that, you know, you had certain shows. Like, you just, you never would have thought that you were going to see Naruto Shippuden, first of all, on Disney XD. I was like, hmm. Because especially during that time frame, they were rebranding um, Disney XD to be, um, because it was a combination of Toon Disney and Jetix, and then they made it as a combination of Disney XD. And they were trying to make it more action-y block and whatnot. So I guess they wanted to go extreme and bring out Naruto. Only for them to take it off after that battle with Naruto against Kakazu. And I was thinking like, I guess it was a little too extreme for them. So luckily it's on Toonami. But at least Nickelodeon with Nicktoons, they did a great job with Dragon Ball Z. They showed everything from the Saiyan saga all the way to the Cell games. Now eventually I know they would have showed the Boo saga, but... I'm gonna keep it real. <laughs> the Boo Saga, all the series of Dragon Ball Z, because of course, Tanami also showed the uncut versions of Dragon Ball Z, um, but they also showed the censored ones on um, Tanami as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they probably wanted to show the Boo Saga, but they had a, that's why Dragon Ball Z Kai was more or less the director's cut version of Dragon Ball Z. So, but they showed all the movies, <laughs> which they have no director's cut. Even though they probably had to do it themselves, because the movies still look the same as they were when they first came out. But they showed everything. They even showed Dragon Ball GT. So, 
yeah, at least they did that right. Um, Disney XD with Naruto, mm-hmm. they just showed one movie and they showed only the other chunk of Naruto, and that was about it. After that, I had to go to Hulu. <laughs> but that was just what I'm saying, though. It was just, it felt that weird little void for four years that you had to kind of watch it on a different channel kind of migrate you over to watching and streaming and then eventually they came back and i was like yes <laughs> you know they had like a dope opening for tom when he came back in 2012 i remember it like it was yesterday on a saturday night in fact it's kind of funny um on this day since this is april fools <laughs> um on a saturday which was april fools back then on 2012 um and it was so un- it was so unfortunate because i fell asleep because <laughs> i didn't think this was going to happen and I fell asleep, and then somehow I looked online and whatnot, and then they mentioned about, yeah, Tanami's back. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then you see Tom in there showing off some kind of video. So it was like some, it was, actually, you don't even see Tom in the beginning. You just see some presentation Adult Swim was having, and I'm like, all right, what is this? And then next thing you know, you see the screens pan up from a distance, and I'm like, who's that sitting there? It's like, wait, is that Tom? <laughs> is that Tom? He's like, Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> I definitely have April Fools. I was like, wait, what? And he just literally they just transitioned to like it was like it was normal for Tom Three, right? It's funny that they picked Tom Three, not Tom Four, <laughs> that ended the last broadcast for Tanami. And it was like, yeah. And then they just showed like the opening cutscene for Tom Three. And I was like, are they really doing a Tanami block right now? And they legit showed excuse me, they legit showed all these shows that came on during that time frame when it first came on. Um, you know, they showed Dragon Ball Z, Mo- uh, Mobile Suit, Gundam Wing, Tenchi Muyo, Outlaw Star, The Big O, Yu Hakusho, Blue Submarine, Number 6, Trigon, Astro Boy, and Gigantor. I was like, wow. And then after that same day, they said on Twitter, want it back? Let us know by hashtag bring back Tanami. And they said after that, too, on April 4th, they said, okay, we heard you. Stay tuned. <laughs> and then guess what? <laughs> they brought it back. I was looking like, bruh. That's amazing. So, yeah, and it's been around there since then. It, it was just crazy for that. And I'm just like, it's kind of funny that I'm making this episode just for that reason on, on an April Fool's Day like this. <laughs> so... Um, that's huge that is huge and that was literally the start for them bringing it back and of course Tom has went through a lot of transitions design wise obviously recently he just got out of the forge and now they're back on an absolution ship because I guess eventually they had the ship after the whole thing with the intruder 2 then you had Tom crash land to some desert area where there was like this little it's like it was kind of it was kind of weird because it's like you had him on the absolute because you had him on the absolution ship then they made it smaller which at the time from two they were doing like the next now or later bumps and i think after once he after he left from that land area they stopped doing it i guess they were just saying i guess at this point you already have a tv guy so why are you gonna do next now later just to show you what's the next show coming on but it's it was kind of weird because if you saw when he was at the land it just was like this little small little mobile home Next, you find out that it was literally called the Vindication, which was like this gigantic flat ship. And I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and then they had it up in the sky. And then eventually after that, 
then they made their ways to like the forge which they were happened to be just sitting in for a while which is where i guess all the toms were at and all the ships and stuff like that and then eventually recently they just happened to find a ship that just happened to come to the forge which was like a version of the absolution and actually still have like the same old tom 2 um broadcasting now i was thinking they were going to show tom 2 in there but i didn't think so but i'm like that's just tom <laughs> and whatnot and from there they just continued onward and they have and this just happened uh last week that this that they did this i was like that's pretty cool so happy 25th tanami <laughs> So it was, it was a whole transition, but through all this entire thing, I like I said before, if it wasn't for Tanami, I don't think I would be watching anime at a younger age. It probably would have came to me probably somewhere later on, but it exposed a lot of us. I mean, it was to the point that we went to school and we would just talk about it for days. Like, oh man, did you see that new episode and <laughs> such and such, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's, to the, it's to the point when they showed Naruto. I had people that I know that was actually pulling out the hand signs. <laughs> like there's some ninja. I'm looking like that just shows you how much of an impact Tanami did for us. So it was it was pretty cool. It was very, very cool. Um but yeah, again, happy twenty-fifth to Tanami. <laughs> and more years to come. You know what I'm saying? Um but this is it for the podcast today. Um I know it was a very long one, but a lot of content that came along here um again thank you guys for sticking with this podcast stay with me for this journey as long as it's been again this is the 50th episode for it so i appreciate you guys for listening and hanging out (laughs) and again more greatness and goodness to come from the podcast as always you guys stay safe and i'll talk to you guys later